Let's get it. Welcome to the Hampton Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Hampton. This is my co-host, Cooper Neal. What's up? What's up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? Man, I'm surviving and thriving. How are you? I know you're surviving and thriving. Everyone out there wondering why we're not doing it in person, our boy Coop, he's been feeling a little under the weather, so make sure to keep him in your thoughts. Coop, I hope you continue to feel better, my guy. Yeah, we 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 had to miss the open practice on Sunday, which sucked. Um, you'll have to share all about it on Grizz Talk tomorrow, but no, it, it was a tough one. Came out of nowhere, but no, we're feeling better. Absolutely, well. Continue to keep us updated, but I know uh, you wanted to do this pod. You were not going to miss it for the world. If I were you, I would have taken the easy out, missed it from all the things that happened this weekend, which you know we'll get into right now. You may be sick, but arguing still going to be there. Oh, one thousand percent. I will. I will never not be able to argue. <laughs> I love it, bro. We have so much to get into today. Obviously, we're going to get into our biggest takeaways from the NFL weekend. And, of course, the AP Top 25 of college football for this week, where, um, honestly, like, it's like another day, another weekend, another Christmas for me. Because now not only USC is in the right smack in the middle of college football playoff talk, now my team's entered the chat. And the Tennessee Volunteers having game day for two times in less than four weeks, just virtually unheard of. And Alabama looks like at an all-time low. So we'll get into all of that later, but first, I mean, the title of this video, man, we are ranking all 15 teams, NBA Eastern Conference. Let's get into it, bro. Let's do it just how we did the West. You get 15, I get 15. We go down there from there. So who is the worst Eastern Conference team in your opinion, Coop? I don't think we'll differ on this one too much. We probably don't have to spend too much time on the bottom dweller in the Eastern Conference, but I have sadly the Indiana Pacers there. It's probably not going to come as a surprise to you, um, but I put them there mostly because this team's in a full-blown rebuild. I still don't think Miles Turner and Buddy Hill will be on this team come at the end of the season. I think they're both going to be traded away at some point in some form or fashion together, possibly maybe separate, who knows. Um, I just think this team's been open wide, and they're like, hey, we have a point guard that could potentially be here for the future. We re-signed Jalen Smith. Let's see if last year's second half was kind of a – outburst or if it was something that he could maybe do uh, consistently. We drafted a guy in Benedict Mather and has a lot of upside. He's super athletic. Uh, what can we get out of him? This team's very young. Obviously, this is not what Rick Carlisle wanted to do, um, but this is where he's at now. So I got them at 15. Um, I don't see them being very competitive. I got them in the exact same spot, man. I'm, You know I could take this chance and rip Tyrese Halliburton. I'm not going to do that today, folks. You can watch probably five to six previous episodes of me doing that. So I'm, I'm going to take the positive in with Indiana. Yes, we both have them at 15. But, you know, the idea of possibly having Victor Webbanyama after what we saw last week from him, pairing that with Tyrese Halliburton with Jalen Smith, um, it could be very fun to watch for the future. You know, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping to lose a ton of games. And I'm not the guy that advocates for tanking but for this bad of a team i mean what else is there to advocate for because even if you don't want to tank you're not going to win any ball games so yeah that's that's my outlook on the indiana pacers who's your second worst team at number 14 Coop? this one might come as a shock to you um this one might be where we start the arguments um i think this team had one of the worst off seasons in the nba um and they also just have probably some of the worst news come out of the nba preseason lost Lamelo ball to an ankle sprain right now, or the MRI revealed an ankle sprain. So, yes, spoiler alert, I have the Charlotte Hornets at number 14, uh, second worst in the Eastern Conference. 
One, I thought you got worse instantly by the Miles Bridges thing. Obviously, a lot of that was not in your control. Who knows if they were going to bring him back or not, but off-the-court stuff that we won't get into kind of derailed that for him. Gordon Hayward can never stay healthy. You just potentially – we don't know how long because uh, the it, the news on LaMelo Ball are very, very recent, but him having a bum ankle is not maybe feeling any better about this team because he is their bright spot. Um, and I think – Mark Williams, the guy you drafted, is mostly going to be like a Dwight Howard, like give you a double-double every now and then, but he's going to be mostly a dunk the ball, not create his own shot on the offensive side of the ball, be very well on defense. But, I mean, let's be honest, with Terry Rozier starting at point guard and an already bad defensive team, I don't know how much Clifford's going to be able to pull out of this team to make them compete and run for a play-in spot. So I'm I got the Hornets support team. I'm so glad you brought the, up that LaMelo situation because let's touch on that. As of today, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, news just came out. LaMelo Ball will miss the start of the season. Um, I have seen various stuff on Twitter, you know, from doctors saying it's probably going to be about three weeks, anywhere from, you know, five plus games. So, yes, he will definitely not be playing next week. Um, yeah, this is just insult to injury. As, as you highlighted, the Miles Bridget situation, they couldn't control, um, but they didn't get – you know, DeAndre Ayton, they didn't get Miles Turner either. So they really have nothing there besides Terry Rozier. And, I mean, Terry Rozier is going to average 40 a game, but it's not going to lead the <laughs> wins for this team. So I understand why you have them at number 14. Um, I think LaMelo can come back quickly and, you know, have them somewhat relevant in playing talks. I don't have them quite that low, but, yes, they, they're out of the plan for me as well. My number 14 team um, is a team that we've seen in preseason as Grizzly fans, Coop, the Orlando Magic. Uh, I mean, people forget this team is still dealing with serious injuries. Markel Fultz will miss the start of the season. Jonathan Isaac has, you know, an untimable return. Who knows when he comes back? Paulo Bancaro hasn't been, you know, the light the world on fire guy that he was in summer league against real NBA competition. Hopefully that'll change. Paulo is going to poss- probably win rookie of the year with all the opportunity he has, but it's not going to lead to any wins for me. So that's my number 14 team. No, that's fair. And to reiterate your Terry Rozier thing, he might average 40, but he might also give up 80. So <laughs> that's a damn truth. That's a damn the, truth. The payout on that one. But no, I, the Magic, I don't have them too much higher than where you had them. So uh, I'll hit on them when I get to them. But at number 13, I have the uh, team that everybody was claiming were going to be a really good team this year, Jack. Um, the Washington Wizards. Same. I have them at 13. You have the Washington Wizards? Yeah. I love it. All right, so I don't even have to convince you of why I have them. Not at all. I'm sorry. I just don't like the makeup of this team. You're banking on a guy that everybody's tried to bank on since the Knicks and Chris Porzingis. He never he, – he's going to play 50 games, maybe, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, and I don't see that as a consistent play-in, play, even playoff team. Um, Bradley Beal did not look as good as he did last year, and he still got the contract. So – Where's the motivation there for him? Uh, can he get back to that uh, leading the NBA scorer type guy? Kyle Kuzma, I feel like he's a good basketball player, but he's not the number guy. He's not the guy that you want at number two. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to talk about Johnny Davis. He's been an absolute bum since he's come into the league, and I'm sorry to say that, but he's got a certified bum next to his name. He had, a first, until he had he his first a preseason points uh, last night. Did he make a shot? Was it a free throw? It was a floater from the right block, actually. Okay. <laughs> that I'm changes my mind it. so much. But you also got rid of KCP, who I liked KCP on that team, but uh, I just – this team, I still don't know the direction they're going in. 
I don't get why people are advocating for this team to even be in the play-in. I, I don't understand it at all. Bradley Beal had possibly a career low year last year and had multiple injuries and now has absolutely zero motivation. It'd be different if he's in a contract here, he could go out and get you a 30, a 30 ball a game like he did two years ago. But now I don't see him averaging more than 26 points. I, I really don't. And Porzing Glass, can I say anything else? Like he's not going to be on the court. He's always injured. And then Kyle Kuzma, he's been the most flash-in-the-pan guy of like, oh, maybe he can be an all-star. No, he can't. I'm sorry, but Kyle Kuzma will never be an all-star in this league. And I hate to be the negative guy from this team, but this is the team, the Wizards, that I just am completely puzzled. You you act like Monte Morris and Will Will Barton are some type of massive upgrade um, above KCP, and that's not the case at all. And like you said for Johnny Davis – Yikes. This team has continued to draft absolutely terribly. I'm not a believer in Rui Hachimura, Raul Neto, whatever the hell his name is. I'm not a believer in him either. So, yeah, it, it's it's rough days for Washington. Yeah, no, couldn't have said it better. And this brings me to the team you already hit on in the Magic. They're my number 12 team. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them a little bit more than you, obviously. And I think that kind of plays in with, yes, I understand Markel Fultz and I understand the Jonathan Isaac, who I love. I love both of those players and I hope they get to play. Um, but I think this team just has a lot of young depth. So like where, when you lose Markel Fultz, you still have Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony who can run that one and two position for you. You mm-hmm. have guys like Paolo, Franz Wagner, or Franz Wagner who can play the two and three for you with Jonathan Isaac being out. And then, of course, you have big men like Wendell Carter, who played really well last year. Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba played Mo really Bamba. well last year. Um, so I just – I like a lot of the pieces on this team. I think they're young and gritty. And I think they don't – like, they don't care who's on the other side of the court. I think there's going to be some of that for Paolo this year. Um, but I think this is just kind of that young, hungry team. Um, and I, I kind of like the magic core that they have going right now. So I'm going to bank on them being a little bit better than the two teams I have them above over you and the Wizards and the Hornets, but that's kind of why I had them at 12. I just think they're a little bit better on paper than the Wizards and Hornets right now, in my opinion. One more thing on the Magic. How much do you think Paulo is going to average in his rookie year? I think there's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, so, obviously, I understand that they just drafted him number one overall, so there's a lot of expectations for him. But I'm honestly going to go at about 18 points. Um, I feel like that's that might be a little too high still for me. I might come back down on that uh, a few weeks later just after seeing the first few weeks. But I think 18, uh, maybe 16 to 18 range probably is going to be a good thing for him. And if he goes over that, then I'll be wildly impressed. But there's just a lot of mouths to feed on that ball club. I honestly disagree. I don't think there's that many mouths outside of Cole Anthony, to be honest. And just I could see him averaging close to 20 points per game. I really believe that. But I think it's going to be on terrible efficiency. Um, because a lot of rookies are not really efficient guys and on terrible teams, he's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants to do. I mean, he's had basically the keys of the franchise handed to him already. So I think he averages close to 20 on low, low efficiency and obviously low wins. So I think Paulo can, he'll be fine. You know, it's going to be like K last year. I'm with that. Uh, I mean, the only guy that has uh, the best efficiency in the league is Johnny Davis right now the best efficiency of being the worst player on the court. So um, you're not going to buy any Johnny Davis rookies, bro. No. And oh my God, if I get, if I accidentally buy a basketball uh, like deck of cards and I get a Johnny Davis rookie, I'm throwing it away. I don't even care. I'll, I'll dude, I'll pay someone to take that one off my hands. Have you been to Taco Bell since? 
No, I actually, that's why I, I got to Taco Bell like at least three times yeah. a week. You yeah. know, I love Taco Bell. It, it Baja Blast calls my name. We just didn't go draft week. That, that Johnny no. Davis commercial was not, not ideal. No, not ideal. <laughs> Let's get into number 11. I got a team that, you know, we're both really excited to watch this year, the Detroit Pistons. Um, I have them right outside of the play-in at number 11. I think Cade Cunningham takes a step. He averages over 20 points per game this year. Jaden Ivey, obviously, is going to have a rocky rookie year, but I think, you know, he can have spurts and flashes that elevates them above the three teams we've talked about previously. Um, also, Jalen Duran possibly coming off your bench. And they just made a trade. Um, I believe it was for Boyan, right? Or Boyan Bogdanovich? Yep, yeah, Kelly Olenek and uh, uh dude from Vanderbilt. I can't remember his name. He looked pretty good in the game that we saw Pistons okay. come to Grootstown. Yeah, but that, that's pretty much all I had to say with Detroit. I think they're, you know, competing for that 10 seed, but I, I just had them at a number 11 for because I think my number 10 team, just with experience, can beat them for that seed. I have them at number 11 as well. Um, this one kind of hurt to put down, but I literally sat there and I was like, come on, find a way to put them in the play. Because obviously y'all y'all have heard me say it enough. I love this team, and I will be watching this team night in, night out, because I just love who's on this team. I love Dan Ivey. I love Kate Cunningham. We have to go see them. I don't care how much it costs. Yeah, same. <laughs> but and we saw them I, I last year, so it would be a fun, like, comparison. Exactly, exactly. Saban Lee was the other guy they traded, by the way. Okay. Um, Saban Lee and Kelly Olenek for Bojan Bogdanovic. I think this is a pretty darn good starting lineup with Kate Cunningham, Jay Nivey at the one and the two, whichever one you want. Sadiq Bay and Bojan Bogdanovic at the three and four. Uh, maybe Marvin Bagley over one of those two guys, but that's some quality guys to have potentially be in your three or four. And then, uh, of course, Isaiah Stewart probably at your five. And then, like you already said, Jalen Duran potentially coming off the bench. Like, this team has got a fun, young, athletic, my God, athletic um, yeah. vibe to them. I'm really excited for them, but I don't think this is their year. But uh, I, I have them at 11 as well. I like that. We've been sort of on the same page. I think we have the same teams um, in our top ten, the same teams in our bottom five. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen here. At number 10, I got the New York Knicks. Um, I think they will be a play-in team. They will make that play-in just because of Jalen Brunson. I think they do have a little bit of a flash from R.J. Barrett. He's never played next to a real point guard. Point guard. And I think Jalen Brunson can unlock a little bit of R.J. Not not much. R.J. can be a borderline all-star. I don't think he'll make it just because I don't think their record will be good enough. But uh, Jalen Brunson could compete for most improved player. And, you know, if it all fits, there is, you know, there is a possibility they could possibly make it to a seven or eight seed. I think that's their absolute ceiling, though, in my opinion. Yeah, we're agreeing right now on these Eastern Conference. That's the exact team I have. We got to stop doing and these I have rings, ask, man. I have to ask a question, just to be a little different, because obviously you just hit on all the points that I wanted to hit on. Who benefits the most from Jalen Brunson coming to the Knicks? Be honest. Like, you just mentioned that R.J. Barris never really played with a true point guard, but who benefits the most? Is it R.J.? Is it Quickly? Is it Grimes? Is it Randall? Is it Mitchell Robinson, who they just re-signed? Like, who is it that benefits the most from having that Jalen Brunson true point guard type guy? I think the two guys are R.J. and Julius, and not because they're the best, just because they can finally have somebody feeding them the ball. It's not going to be all eyes on R.J. or all eyes on Julius once he catches it. Uh, at the three-point line or uh, on the high block, wherever he usually catches it. I, I think just to have somebody to feed them and set them up and know how to set up other players and get them going, that's going to help them tremendously. But I think if I had to choose, it's going to be R.J. Barrett. Um, R.J. Barrett coming off the ball is going to be massive because he can. he's a great catch-and-shoot three-point uh, shooter. 
And also, he knows how to get to the rack. And if he's getting swing, swing to R.J. Barrett, I have no problem with that as, at all. So, Absolutely. And I, I'm rooting for R.J. Barrett this year. Me I too. liked him a lot coming out of, out of Duke. So, like, I'm still rooting for him, holding on to that. Who um, do you think? Honestly, I, I want to say Mitchell Robinson because uh, okay. this is the guy that they just re-signed. And I think the pick and rolls with him and Jalen Brunson, you already hit on Jalen Brunson is going to at least set this team up and have them, like, at least in some sets that will benefit guys like Randall and Barrett, but I, I like Mitchell Robinson to maybe that pick and roll, that kind of alley dunk type guy. Because I mean, you got to think about it. He's played with Luca for so long. He's known, he's watched Luca, so he's picked up a thing or two from Luca. I'm banking on, and I just think that's going to help Mitchell Robinson out. I'm not saying Mitchell Robinson's going to be Clint Capella. He's yeah. going to have 30 points a game and get a bag because he all of a sudden just dunks it 15 times a game. I'm not saying that, but I also think for Knicks fans, uh, this will be my final piece on the Knicks. They just want a better year out of Julius Randle. You go from his best year of his career, all-star, all-NBA type guy. They're in the playoffs. Like, I, when, I, think, I think they made it pretty deep. And then, of course, Trey Young kind of walked him off the court. But then you go to last year, and it was just a bad year for Knicks fans. They're just expecting anything out of Julius Randle. And uh, <laughs> just a little bit better than last year. And I think that Jalen Brunson will help all – guys we just talked about immensely just by having that true point guard. One more thing about, uh, about Julius Randall as well. You said like a better year and I completely agree. Honestly, I feel like the thing that didn't, that bothered Knicks fans most is not that he had a little bit of a downturn. Cause I don't think really anybody expected him to replicate the season he had, but yeah. it was his attitude along the way. If you're watching them night in, night out, uh, I was listening to the guys on Through the Wire. They do a great job for uh, House of Highlights. And Pierre is a, a, a Knicks fan, and he goes, watching him in press conferences, how he was reacting and his just horrible attitude all year is what pissed us off as fans. It wasn't even his decline in play. It was that. So hopefully Julius Randle can fix that this year. And also, um, I was going to say one more thing about uh, oh, Mitchell Robinson. Yes, Mitchell Robinson. I, the fact that you chose him is very interesting. I could see that angle as well, bro. I, I completely agree with you there because whenever I saw the Knicks visit the Grizzlies this year, I, I walked away most impressed uh, with Mitchell Robinson amongst all these guys we've talked about for the Knicks. I had no idea he was that imposing on the defensive end. John ja, ja Morant struggled to score, and then the fourth quarter happened, obviously. But up until that point, Mitchell Robinson – really is a great rim protector, and I just hope he stays healthy because Isaiah Hartenstein backing him up, I mean, that's a it's a low-key team this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, yeah, I, I vividly remember, like, the seven blocks Mitchell Robinson had in, like, the first three quarters of that game because I think I was playing somebody who had Mitchell Robinson on their fantasy basketball team, and I oh, was God. like, bro, are you kidding me? I was like, the one game Mitchell Robinson is going to be out here dog and people it's gonna be the game i'm playing so i was like all right cool but yeah i remember that game vividly absolutely bro well let's get into number nine tell me who your number nine team is um <laughs> i've got the brooklyn nets um wow and, that low um and honestly it's one of those things where i i had i put the knicks at 10 and then i sat there for a really long time trying to figure out my number nine and so I went from I went to one and I walked back down uh, that's kind of how I got to the Knicks at nine um, it was between them and the two teams above them kind of for that seven eight nine but at the end of the day I was like does it really matter if you're seven eight nine because you're still a playing team right. so basically take that how it is I, I have them as a playing team 
I still don't like the chemistry on this basketball team, Jack. I don't know how well these one-year or expiring contract deals are all going to go together. The injuries still, I don't know how they're going to go together. I still don't know how Steve Nash is going to feel about coaching the two dudes to try to get them out of there. Um, there's just a lot of uncertainties for me on this team right now. Obviously, they can come out and obviously be like everybody expects them to be, or other than me, I guess, and be like one of the top four seeds in the East. I can I can see that, but this team has to get it together. I think they've had a disastrous offseason that was kind of a crisis averted because obviously they didn't lose Kevin Durant. They didn't lose Kyrie. They still kept him. Ben Simmons actually played basketball recently, so that's a good thing. He's not scared of basketball. Um, like, There's a lot of things that can go right for this team, but it, it, one thing goes wrong, it sends it just the other way. So that's why I have them as a playing team. I have them at number nine. So you think the Brooklyn Nets going to be worse than last year? Well, I or 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 I think they might just be a little bit better than last year, but the teams above them are just going to be that much better. I think a lot of teams are going to get better. I, I mean, hey, I don't think it's it's crazy, but I don't think it's like wildly outrageous. I I can see a world where they're a nine seed. Um, I I just think it has to like completely go sideways for it to happen. And it, look, it, it can happen. It can go sideways. It can. That, that that is a possibility. Um, my number nine team is a team. Throughout the entire offseason, I was extremely high on, and they just keep – the injury bug has just rolled over and rolled over and rolled over again. Lonzo Ball is expected to miss um, almost the entire season now after having a knee surgery, I believe. So I have the Chicago Bulls at number nine. I don't think DeMar DeRozan can replicate the All-NBA season he had. People are going to come in night in, night out expecting – DeMar to be great, and they're going to defend him as such. Uh, Zach Levine is now a paid man. He's not in a contract year. Yes, he's 100% healthy, and I think we see a little bit better version of Levine, but I I still don't see an identity with this team. I don't think Nikola Vucevic is the center of the future if I'm Chicago, Um, and the Alonzo Ball thing is huge. But on the bright side, Alex Caruso is a damn good starting point guard as well, so that will be there, but their depth – takes an extreme hit with uh Lonzo ball out yeah and uh I don't have them too far above where you have them uh I I hate the Lonzo ball news um because obviously this is a guy that that final season in New Orleans was awesome yeah uh, whoever fixed his three-point shot deserves a gold medal um he killed it and then you see this team forming like you you don't get to see it play out yet but you see this team forming you've got Lonzo ball coming in you got Caruso coming in you got Levine DeMar Vucevic. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're sitting there and you're like salivating, waiting to watch yes. this team. And then injury, injury, injury. And they just kept getting knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. Of course, DeMar, as you said, had an all-NBA type season. And obviously that's going to be extremely hard to replicate. I don't think it's going to be out of this realm of possibilities that he has a good season. But replicating what he did last year is probably going to be out of the question. Yeah. Um, but just like – and like you said, Zach Levine got his contract. And so, like, it's, it's a tough scene for them, and I hate that. But as you also alluded to, Ayo Desumu and Alex Caruso are not a bad two backups. And that's why, Jack, they're my number eight, right? We're right above the number nine New Orleans Nets. So that was a lot of lead up and build up for them. But I have them these transitions are absolutely well. elite from you. I don't know if it's you like, like it? Zoom, like your transitions have been elite today. 
maybe it was the sickness. Maybe it was like the purge of like life and death going in between my body these past few days. So like, I'm just a new man. I, I just, I honestly can just envision you just sitting at the crib all day, just practicing. And this is how I'm going to transition into. Well, there the wasn't much to watch with the Braves game. So I was pretty disappointed all day. So like, I mean, I had to sit there and drudge through that. And yeah. I understand so I guess that. I had a lot of time to practice. You know what I mean? Just sitting in the mirror. Hurt, hurt. <laughs> uh, hey, that that fantasy NBA draft. That shit was that was nice. You like that? That was just a mock draft. I really our, hope it our mock like that. I doubt it will. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep me updated, bro. Keep me updated. Oh, I will. I will. Anyways, get into your uh, number eighteen. No, my bulls, bulls were the number. Okay, 18. all right, but but I'll get into mine then since we just kind of talked about them at length. I got the Atlanta Hawks, Dejounte Murray, and Trey Young. That tandem in my opinion, will be an eight seed. Um, I have loved what I've seen from the preseason, but keep in mind, I mean, DeJounte and Trey, they've been out there for 30 minutes a game. So, yes, their numbers are going to look like regular season numbers. DeJounte in his debut damn near had a triple-double. I believe it was 25-9-8. and eight. But when you're playing like 30 to 35 minutes against, you know, other teams, G League players, yeah, I kind of expect that from an all-star in DeJounte Murray. I still don't get the defensive praise of DeJounte. He's a walking triple-double. I have no problem with him offensively. But the fact that they talk about this guy like he's some Marcus Smart or Drew Holiday of the NBA, I just don't get that at all. I I watched Ja Morant have his first 50-point game on him. I watched Ja have 44 on him. Ja has hung up 40 on Ajante Murray's head multiple times, and the Spurs have consistently been one of the worst defensive teams in the entire NBA the past two years. So the Dejounte Murray, that's going to fix the Atlanta Hawks defense. No, it's not. I, that's why I have the Atlanta Hawks at a similar spot as last year at number eight. They're at number nine last year, but I have the Hawks at number eight. Jack, that's so wild because before, when you were starting to talk about the Bulls, I'm sitting here, and I originally had the Bulls at six. I'll be honest. I originally had them at six, and then I kept looking, and I'm like, man, I like the Hawks more than the Bulls. So I moved the Hawks to six. And then I was like, nah, I like the team that was above the Hawks originally, above the Hawks. So I just flipped it again. And I had the Hawks at number seven. So originally <laughs> – Hey, I, I got you out here flipping shit. Day. My job's working. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, well, like I said, these these – Six through nine were kind of difficult for me, but they all were. the things you just said. Number their, their defensive identity can't solely be in DeJounte Murray. He cannot guard all five positions. It's just like Lamar Jackson can't go out there and play defense for the Ravens, even though they played That's great right. last night. We'll get to them. But, like, um, DeJounte can help cover Trey Young, but you're still going to need, like, DeAndre Hunter to be healthy all year. You're going to need somebody to stay and defend the wings because let's let's be honest in the east let's look at some of these teams best players 76ers Joel Embiid and James Harden all right he can guard James Harden you still got Joel Embiid Tobias Harris and all these guys out there Bucks he's not guarding Giannis no Cavs Donovan Mitchell Darius Garland Evan Mobley which one he guard Mm -hmm. he's gonna take one of the three all right cool Celtics he's not guarding Jason Tatum I Jimmy Butler, he's not guarding Jimmy Butler. Like, we can keep going down the list. He's not guarding some of these best players. Their defense was still garbage last year. He helps that a lot by helping Trey Young. I like the fit. I think that's a good – if you're going to have a backcourt like that, that's a good backcourt. You have one guy that can score at will, and you have the other guy that can defend uh, his position 
according to stats and stuff like that, and help cover up how bad of a defensive player Trey Young is. And their offensive, they're they're probably going to score 120 points a game, but they also might give up 130. So that's yeah. kind of. I, I think they're going to win a lot of games or enough games to be a playing team. So they are my final playing team at number seven. But who you got at seven? My number seven team and the first team out of the top six for me. I really struggled with this one. Um, I'm on, I'm going to take the Toronto Raptors there at number seven. The reason I struggled with it is I envisioned Scotty Barnes taking a leap. I don't think they did anything to get worse. They might've even gotten better with that auto Porter pickup if he can stay healthy. Um, but I, I had to put Toronto Raptors at number seven, just the two teams I have in front of them. I, I couldn't consciously put the Raptors above them. Um, I, I don't think the Raptors got worse by any means. I just think that everyone around them, um, got better and uh, Toronto will be a better team than they were last year, but I just don't know if it's good enough to be a top six seed this year in this deep of the Eastern conference. Damn. So I really am low on the nets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, I'm low on them compared to most people. A lot of people have nets. Like I think in the top, like three or four, I'm not there. Not the team. Yeah. We're we're low on the nets, bro. I'm, (laughs) All the points you said about the Nets, I, I agree with you, and I can see it going sideways. I just, I just, yeah, they just have a man named Kevin like Durant. Seed. Yeah, they just have a man named Kevin Durant, but I just, like I said, I just don't know how that continuity is going to go. Um, but you have the team I have at number six, number seven. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have the Raptors. You want me to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we, we know Coop's number six team is the Toronto Raptors. We will get to why that is. On the other side. What's up, y'all? We just hit 50,000 subscribers. So you know what that means. Another merch drop. I got my favorite piece on right here from the drop. But we also got hoodies and sweatshirts in all colors and sizes. So y'all make sure to tap that link in my bio. And let's get to 100K. Grizzlies fans, what's up? Every Thursday at 11 a.m., me and Coop's Grizz Talk premieres. And we talk about every jaw dropper, every Desmond Bain three, and every Jaron Jackson block. So y'all be sure to tune in weekly to never miss a beat on your Memphis Grizzlies. Go Grizz. Let's get it. Welcome back to the HSP. Coop, get into your infamous number six team in the Eastern Conference this year. The infamous number six is the Toronto Raptors. This team is always sneaky good. They mm-hmm. always find a way to be one of those top teams. And I, it's just they have one of the best coaches, in my opinion, in the Give NBA some right Nick now. Nurse, Nick Nurse. Love. I love Nick Nurse. I will always love Nick Nurse. Um, Spicy P, I think, is going to have an awesome season this year. Um, obviously, Fred Van Fleet has been an incredible story. You already hit on Scotty Barnes having another – taking another leap, having a good year. Um, Gary Trent was awesome last year. <laughs> really the trailblazers sitting there like dang we had him and we really gave up more to get rid of him <laughs> like <laughs> and then they got rid of norman powell so they're sitting there just baffled at what he's done because he looked awesome last year was an incredible three and d guy um they hit, they got auto porter a guy you hit on i think they're going to expect pressures of chua to take a jump I, I like this team uh and i like nick nurse to get this team into the playoffs and i think they're going to be that six seed Probably, I mean, let's be honest. The East is so deep, they might literally have to be a 500 team and they'll be that six seed. Who knows? Um, but I think they're going to be better than that. So that's why I have the Raptors just a little bit higher than you at number six. Couldn't have said it any better, man. That's why I struggled so deeply to put them in the plan at number seven. My number six team um, was the number one seed last year. It's the Miami Heat. Um, it's not because P.J. Tucker makes that big of a difference. He does make a major difference, in my opinion. I just – and this team just reminds me very much 
of the Miami Heat team that followed the 2020 finals year. They had made the finals against the Los Angeles Lakers in the bubble, and everyone expected them to walk in next season and do the same thing. They snuck into the playoffs at a number six seed. Everyone, after the Milwaukee-Miami game one, went to an overtime series. Now it's going to be a great series, and Milwaukee ends up sweeping Miami. I'm not saying they're going to get swept in the first round, but I do. I get that kind of vibe from Miami this year. I, I, Jimmy Butler's never been a regular season guy. Hopefully he changes that this year. But I don't see how they got better. In fact, I think they actually got worse. And again, with the Eastern Conference, I think everyone around them got better. But in this case, Miami got a little bit worse. You know, I agree with that, um, and that's why they're my they're my number five. Uh, <laughs> you're just you're just lead, you're like doing a perfect lead just up. Alley hoop, man. I have. Yeah, you really are. Um, you know, I'm gonna be a nerd again. Spolstra. That's that's the one word I gotta put into, as to why they're not gonna be a playing team. Um, they have a guy named Eric Spolstra. He's an awesome coach. Um, Jimmy Butler is him. We already discovered that Jimmy Butler was doing his thing last playoffs. PJ losing PJ Tucker sucks. Um, <laughs> losing Kyle Lowry. Oh my bad. Kyle Lowry's still there. Um, Kyle Lowry's getting a year older. I'm sorry. You probably would have rather lost him. That ass is getting it. fatter. That damn dump truck. Um, <laughs> but you pay Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson just gave the Grizzlies everything they could ask for in the preseason. So maybe he can have a better year than he did last year because he was basically unplayable last year. Mm -hmm. uh, Bam, stay healthy. There's a lot that can go right for this team. I, I think you said it best. They did lose a lot this season. But I'm banking more on Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster as to why they're going to be the five seed. Completely understandable there. Just hashing out a little differences on this next team, we do have a big difference. Although I am lower than most, the infamous Brooklyn Nets are my number five seed. You got it. You touched on it earlier. I don't see them being a top three to four seed just because I don't envision three guys that have been upset in the past year uh, just all of a sudden walking in and everything working out. I think Ben Simmons can make a difference and keep them out of the play-in, but I don't think that Ben Simmons alone elevates them into a finals contender. And I don't get the whole TJ Warren and and all the other uh, Royce O'Neal love. I don't understand that. This team lost Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown was their Swiss Army knife. And I, I don't think TJ Warren's going to be on the court much. And I don't think Royce O'Neal really moves a needle for any team. So I, I think I have Brooklyn there at number five. And like you said, Steve Nash walking in every day, knowing that their best player called for his job is also a major, major thing. Um, and I always heard something interesting on obviously Chris Vernon's show today. And it was, it was actually yesterday's show. And they were talking about what if Kobe was still alive? Would he have that impact on Kyrie Irving? Would Kyrie be doing the same things he was doing if Kobe was still alive? Cause in my opinion, Kobe would have just picked up the phone and called him and be like last year and be like, what the hell are you doing? And this isn't about yeah, the vaccine. Like we, we feel no type of way about that. This guy looks for a way not to play basketball. And it was before COVID. It was, that was his dilemma. And Kyrie Irving, I think finds a way to do that this year. The reason I have them out of the play in is, I mean, look, all three of these guys have something to prove. Kyrie's in a contract year. And then Kevin Durant's coming off all the drama. Ben Simmons is coming off all the drama. So they do have something to prove, but I don't think it makes him a three or four seed. Man, that almost sounded like you were agreeing with me, having him at the nine seed almost a little, <laughs> just a little bit there. I heard it. But obviously that just means we have the same top four seed. So I'm going to be really interested if we shook it up a little bit or if we're different at all or if we're the exact same. But uh, I'll go right into my number four. Let's get it. Um, 
have the team that just went to the NBA Finals and the Boston Celtics. Um, Bastard, I'm the same one. I figured you would. Um, just based on the top, based on the top three guys I have, I figured you'd have them at the same spot. I couldn't drop them lower than this. I wanted to because Ime Odoka, that situation, that's got to have an effect on this team. Um, and you just lost Robert Williams for six to eight weeks. I, if I, I think that's the right timeline. I could be wrong, and it's a little bit more than that, which sucks for this team. We've seen them without him. He, they're not as good without him. Not um, at all. He really sets their defensive tone. You've already lost Danilo Gallinari, who was the guy that you brought in just in case an Al Horford or Robert Williams had gone down. So now you're even lighter there. Um, but the good side, you brought in Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon. This team needed a true point guard. I think Malcolm Brogdon can bring some of that just for late game fiascos where they're sitting there. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart are all sitting there looking at each other saying, give me the ball, give me the ball. And they're all now you're just out of whack, and you get down there and you have 16 seconds left to shoot the ball. That was not a good look for them in the playoffs um, and ultimately why they're not the champions from the past year. Um, but I love Jason Tatum. I love Jalen Brown. Um, I love reigning defensive player of the year and Marcus Smart. I think they are, are a good basketball team, but I do think the Emad Doka stuff matters. And I think losing Robert Williams and losing to Danilo Gallinari matters. So that's why I have them a little bit lower than I had them originally coming into this offseason as my number one seed, but they are – now my number four seed. Yeah, Joe Mazzula, whatever the hell his name is. Everybody can show this guy love. He was up next to get a coaching job where there was a hell of a lot of coaching vacancies this offseason, and he got hired for zero of them. So so this this Joe Mazzula thing, I, I'm not a believer yet. If he wins and proves me wrong, hey, I'm happy for him. But he did not get yeah. hired this offseason. Jason Tatum will be in MVP talks if – they're a top three seed, but in this case, I don't think they are. Jalen Brown is coming off the getting hung out to dry and possibility of being traded for Kevin Durant. Uh, Derek White, I don't know, but the addition of Malcolm Brogdon's great. I'm not a believer in Brogdon. I'm not a believer in guys who I don't see on the court. Brogdon has been ridden, like regularly injured these past couple years. So I, I'm not ready to make some type of statement that Brogdon's going to walk in and change his final team. Cause Marcus Smart's the one that got him to the finals. I, I mean, but you know, it is what it is. I, I have Boston at number four. So yeah. Who's your number yeah. three. Let's get into our top three. Number three. Second best off season in the NBA. It's such bullshit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And the, Best the, there's two things that piss me off. One, I have them at number three, too. <laughs> and two, the fact that like Utah Jazz had a better offseason in Cleveland is just absolutely hilarious to me. Anyways, continue. Best offseason in the NBA. My favorite team, other than the Memphis Grizzlies coming into this season. Your favorite team a second. Okay. Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Drop the mic. Actually, don't drop that. Yeah, the best uh, offseason in the entire NBA was Cleveland and Donovan Mitchell being added there. I, I like what I'm seeing. Darius Garland, they're all back healthy. Ricky Rubio, they re-signed him. Kevin Love coming off your bench. Karis LeVert coming off your bench. What else is there to say, man? This team is a finals contender, in my opinion. Hold on. Don't forget about the best part of this team, J.B. Bakerstaff and Evan Mobley. Come on now. This is my favorite two spots Evan on Mobley's, team. Evan Mobley's taking a leap, too, yeah. Keep it going. Keep and I love Jared Allen. And I love Jared Allen. Dude, I'm so I don't love his style, team. but I do love Jared Allen, yeah. Bro, that fro is insane. 
It's it incredible. Is. If I could grow that, I would. Just did for Jerry Allen. Did you see what he's wearing at All Star Game last year? Man, literally looks like he dresses like like a fourth grader. It's hilarious. Does he really? Yes, dude. You have to look up Jerry Allen style. Black Twitter is absolutely all over it. It was hilarious. I'm not on Black oh, Twitter, but it. I hear from people who are on Black Twitter. <laughs> You're not on Black Twitter? No, unfortunately not. I don't. I don't know if I have the credentials. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you say number two since I'm apparently stealing all your picks thus far. I'll let you take number two. All right. Philadelphia 76ers. I, I really envisioned this team as possibly winning the East. It was a toss-up between my one and two. I think the 76ers, I, I just had to put them at number two. James Harden, yes, I've ragged on this guy the last two to three years. But he did take a pay cut, and I think he will have a better season. I'm in a similarity. For me, the fact that nobody talked about James Harden like they did Russell Westbrook last year baffles me because he had the all the opportunity to perform in the playoffs without Joel Embiid and keep that team afloat, and he didn't. Um, I think James Harden had a Russell Westbrook-esque year last year. He has nothing like that this year. It's only up from here. He's in better shape, and I think James – uh, has a great, great year, and also adding De'Anthony Melton to that, adding P.J. Tucker to that. Joel Embiid's going to be an MVP contention for a third year in a row. So, yes, that's all I have to say about the 76ers at the two seed. You and I are in complete agreement at our two and one, aren't we? No, we're not. Number two, Let's find I out. have the Milwaukee Bucks. And honestly, I, I honestly think they might have the same record. I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, I, this is literally a one A two one A one A one B for me, um, and I just happened to put the Bucks at number two because I just loved the pieces that the Seventy Sixers brought in. Um, mm. But I'll hit on the Bucks at at my number two since they're my number two. Um, so obviously, I think this is going to be an incredible regular season team. Um, I think Giannis is awesome. I think Chris Middleton's awesome. Budenholzer is a good coach. Um, I think they're in your finals last year for a second year in a row if they don't lose Chris Middleton. Um, and so, like, this, what, what else is there to say about this team? I love the transition between Brooke Lopez to Bobby Portis. Um, I love my boy Grayson Allen. Um, Pat Connaughton, I'm pretty sure, is still there. Project and Pat. the best player on their team. You already know who the best player on their team is. Boy from West Virginia himself, Mr. Javon Carter. So, like, Lord have mercy. Represent Milwaukee, my boy. Um, but no, I have them at I like I said, I think this is one A, one B really. I think it's gonna be the 76ers and the Bucks all year, really, if I'm being honest with you, because they're both gonna be really regular, they're gonna be really good regular season teams. Um, it's hard to win in both places. Um, so they have a great home court advantage, great fans. Um, but I, I have the Bucks at two and happen to have the 76ers at one. I got the Bucks at one. I think they could have, could have, and should have been in the finals last year if Chris Middleton was there. Chris is going to miss the start of the season, even without that. That him, you know, for however many weeks it is or how many many days it is, Giannis can keep this team afloat. Absolutely, he damn near took him to the finals without Chris. And once Middleton comes back, they're going to be the number one team in this conference, in my opinion. Real quickly, before we get into NFL and then college, give me fifteen through one, real quick. 15 through one, I got the Pacers, then the Hornets, then the Wizards, then the Magic, then the Pistons, then the Knicks, Nets, Bulls, Hawks, Raptors, Heat, Celtics, Cavs, Bucks, 76ers. Love it. I got the Pacers, Magic, Wizards, Hornets, 
Pistons and then get into my top 10. The Knicks are right there. Bulls at number nine. Hawks at eight. Raptors at seven. Heat at six. Brooklyn Nets at number five. Boston Celtics at number four. Best team of the offseason. Cleveland Cavaliers at number three. And number two, I got Philly number one. Millie Walke. Conklin for the Brooklyn Bucks. Yeah, I butchered that. Let's get into NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And also... We have these documented, so when one of us is deadly wrong, I will rag. Well, it's going to be both, both of us because we agreed on like yeah. 90% of them. We agreed so on all of We're in this shit it. together. Now, USC and Tennessee, we'll get into all of that bad. because one of us just keeps soaking up the sun in college football. And my God, I can't I wait to get into it. <laughs> Against uh, high school teams. But, anyways, let's get into the NFL. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, God. You're about right. to punch the screen. I love it. You you want to hear the number one headline from this NFL week? Bro, I posted an apology video to Cowboys fans. Let me no, 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 no. Hold on. Are you ready? Okay. Number one headline from this NFL week. Cowboys have the best defense in the NFL, hands down. Cooper Rush had 102 passing yards in this ballgame. Net because with the sacks, net of seventy six, and we win this game by two scores. Best team, best defense in the NFL. The and and I, you're, I don't hear you arguing. I don't hear you arguing. The Rams are not that good. I'm sorry, but they're not. I, 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 I had net seventy six passing yards, and I win this game by double digits. Best defense in the NFL. I think they are one of the best defenses in the NFL. That's the only reason they've won games. I posted an apology video this morning saying I was wrong about the Cowboys. I said they wouldn't win more than seven games. I think they're winning more than seven games. Oh, we're going to have seven games within the next two weeks. Uh, no, the, the, the Cowboys-Eagles game on Sunday Night Football is going to be absolute smoke show. I can't wait to watch it. By the way, you're more than welcome to come over here and watch it. But understand if you want to watch Pops. Understand that. But the Cowboys will lose to the Eagles on Sunday night. You heard it here first, and I can't wait to uh, post a video after the apology video of me saying that the Eagles are going to win that game. So, Why do you like posting videos of things that are just going to come back and bite you in the ass? I mean, you did it with the Warriors all last season, and they won the championship. And now you're going to say it about the Cowboys. I guess you're just, hey, like, provoking. Guess, guess, you're, guess you're what was trending on Monday, man? All my Cowboys videos, me saying I'm wrong. This shit's okay. I don't purposely say shit that <laughs> wrong, but if I'm right, Hey, look, I'm right. I guess I just see the future. But if I'm wrong, shit's going to do well anyway. So I'm good. Exactly, exactly. But last thing on the Cowboys, Micah Parsons is him. He, he's legit. Dude literally pulled his groin, comes to the sideline, rides the bike, and he's like, I'm good, I'm good. Gets two sacks to finish the game. I was like, light work. Bro, and I said this morning, he dead ass looks like a first ballot Hall of Famer in his second year. Like, it's he's, ridiculous. He's incredible. And the fact that you traded back, with the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles in the first round. Two picks. It was only two picks, but you trade back two picks so they can get Devontae Smith, and then you draft Michael Parsons. I mean, legends. That's what legends are made of. You ready to say Jalen Hurts is better than Dak Prescott? Ooh, yeah. I, I See, I probably would have said that earlier than this, though, because, I mean, y'all have heard me on my rant on Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts, and I've loved him since he was at Alabama. And I thought he was better than Tua at Alabama. Like, I've loved Jalen Hurts for a really long time, so I don't really follow the Jalen Hurts slander, really. And the fact that he's – I hope he's in the MVP conversation now. I haven't looked at the latest odds. Because the last time I looked, he wasn't even in the top five, and I thought that was bull. Because he's 
He's the only undefeated quarterback. I mean, I don't know what else there is to go into that. Uh, so I love Jalen Hurts. I, I, I agree I with Jalen you. Hurts. Right now I'm taking, and not even because Dak's injured, I, I'm taking Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott in this NFL. And like you said, man, he's the only undefeated quarterback. And the fact that he's not right smack in the middle of MVP talks right now is absolute it's ridiculous, and I just don't understand it. But, yeah, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. And, look, he's got weapons all around him. He's not getting that bag yet, so they're able to keep Miles Sanders around him. They got um, A.J. Brown on the outside, Devontae Smith on the outside. That's exactly why I'm picking the Eagles over the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Well, well, well I'm not, I'm not going to spoil my preview that's going to come out on – Saturday morning. Come on, son. You know I don't do none of that. I don't I know you're not going to spoil none, like but that. I probably can guess who you're going to pick. Okay. Okay. Let's get into okay. uh, some more headlines. Our boy Matt so I Rule. I have an AJ Brown jersey behind me. <laughs> Shout out Titans, man. Three three straight. And I don't hear any Titans slander anymore from the other side, so that's great. Um, they beat some garbage teams, so we don't have to talk our... about them. <laughs> You want to talk about garbage teams? We can talk about that in the next segment in college football. Um, we can go to Matt Rule. Our boy got the yep. can. He got the can. Now, he's going to have his choice. Speaking of college football, a lot of colleges are going to be lining up to hire this man. He's a great college football yeah. coach, but in the NFL, he could not get the job done. Mm-hmm. No, nah, yeah, and it's tough to see. Um, and obviously, you and I both knew this was coming, but then the way they lost. And obviously, you lost Baker Mayfield in this process, too. Um, so I'm just going to kind of come with a question. If Matt Corral wasn't injured, does he start? No. No? Even no. with Baker being hurt and Sam Darnold being hurt? No. I think he's more of a practice squad player. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Stop. I'm playing. Tennessee fans are still mad he dropped 200 rushing yards on their ass uh, last Tennessee year. fans are not thinking about that game. We're thinking about college game day for the second time in four weeks. But that's just us. It's going to be tough. Bryce Young's going to come back and drop 50 on y'all's head. Really? Bryce Young couldn't even warm up last week. So, oh, he's going to play this week. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't even know yet. I haven't even looked at this game yet, but I'm just talking out my ass right now because I will yeah. not let you enjoy this. You get hit by Romari Thomas or Jeremy Banks once and tell me how his shoulder feels. I can't wait. And <laughs> what playmakers do they have on the out? I just can't wait to get into this game. All right, back to the Matt Corral thing. We'll okay. talk about that. Matt Corral thing, yeah, Matt Corral. yes, dude. If Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are out, their third-string quarterback, Matt Corral, will get a start. Does that make you happy? Yeah, but do you not think that he's going to have a legitimate shot at this next year because Baker's on the final year of his deal and Sam Darnold's yeah. on the final year of his deal. New head coach is probably is coming into town. Like, I mean, he has it, – it's clearing a pathway to him being at least given a shot. He has a shot. You're exactly right. I, I don't think Baker will be there next year. And I think Baker actually has another shot – Left, I think Sam Darnold, he's done. That's my yeah. I'm, I think I'm, I'm, Baker I'm has one more shot. That's it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I hope he gets a real shot because this dude Baker has had five coaches in five years. That's just bullshit to me. I, I'm sorry. I refuse yeah. to believe that he gets put in a Jimmy Garoppolo-like situation. He fails. I think Baker is a great quarterback. It's just me. Yeah. Um, any other NFL news and notes you want to get into? Chiefs won Sunday night football against the Raiders. Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Speaking of the Raiders collapse, did you see Devontae Adams might be suspended? Yeah, I did see that. He shoved down, what was it, a cameraman? Yeah, shoved down a cameraman. <laughs> He's potentially going to get suspended in the dude press charges. So, Come on, uh, Devontae. Yeah, that's difficult. But uh, 
No, Ravens had – that was a good Sunday night game. Obviously, Justin Tucker's a legend. We don't even have to disagree or agree on that. Justin Tucker's a legend. Uh, yep. Eagles barely won. I, I, I put Eagles hold on. If I think if Matt Prater is the kicker for the Cardinals in that game, I think the Eagles have one loss on their – or they're at least going to overtime. So, it might be a tie. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think that game – I don't think that kicker shanked that ball. My God, it wasn't even mm-hmm. close. Um did you see the Brady rough in the passer call? No, I did not. I heard everybody talking about it. Enlighten me. I'm going to try to say this as nice as I can. Um, so, Grady Jarrett yes. comes up the middle of the line, wraps him up, and is – so, he's he's behind him. He wraps him up and rolls him over, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of like a rollover like this. But he's holding on. Mm-hmm. So he never let go. He didn't grab him and fling him. He grabs him and rolls him over. They call it rough in the passer. Brady doesn't even throw the ball away. Brady holds the ball. They call it rough in the passer. His Did- head doesn't like flamboyantly go like that on the ground. Nothing. He grabs him and rolls him over. Did Brady have anything to say about it? Oh, Brady, they asked him about it. And he goes, well, I don't throw the flag. Yeah. Freaking genius. Never takes us. But what what's crazy is I, I I'm, you know this is not me like going off on the Tua stuff. I understand all of the things that led up to that, but at the end of the day, it was not the referee's fault that Tua ended up getting hurt as bad as he did. That was no. some of the doctors' faults, as mm-hmm. that was none of the referees' faults because none of those hits were just egregious or anything like that. This literally ruined a football game. And I'm not saying that the Falcons would have won the game. I'm not saying anything like that because it's the Falcons. And I'm not going to put too much stock in a team that hadn't scored the first three quarters of the game on the Bucks defense, and then they all of a sudden get 14 points. But to ruin a game by a sissy call like that is pitiful. And so, yeah. And you should definitely watch the highlight after. Oh, I definitely will because now I'm curious about, like, how it happened because I'd probably feel the same way you were, uh, to be honest. Um, but I, I just can't stop drooling about college football. Um, I, I never got a response. I don't know if you saw like my voice message. I texted you. Obviously, I sent you that video of Hennon Hooker and Caleb Williams on a Heisman graphic that ESPN had up just to prove that I'm not crazy, but also pretty right. Um, did, did you happen to hear my voice message that uh, I sent you? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I heard it. I just probably ignored it. But, uh, oh, you're fine to go ahead and replay it. Yeah, let me let me find it real quick, and then here it is. Saturday at 1.13 p.m. Granted, USC had not played. The Tennessee game wasn't even over yet. This is what I had to say. It's a minute long, so y'all bear with me. I was just a very happy man. I- I've never won anything before. Listen, Tennessee's been a rough life. Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top Tennessee. Alabama coming to the crib next week. USC dub coming later tonight. Mississippi State beating the shit out of Arkansas. It's a good day. And I can't wait to see my wonderful co-hosts in downtown Memphis tomorrow. And even more so than that, I can't wait to talk to my gorgeous co-hosts on Tuesday evening about all this college football events. I I am just so delighted right now i don't get this feeling often neither one of the games are over but i don't care the usc game hadn't even started i'm still i'm still have the utmost confidence they covered not only that i mean hen and hooker i know i was talking about stetson bennett but i mean hen and hooker is just a gorgeous gorgeous quarterback and he 
his name belongs in the Heisman Trophy. So, so that's what Tuesday is going to be about. But switching to basketball mode, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Cool. <laughs> I mean, was there anything that wasn't factual? Go ahead. Should I leave you two alone? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'll leave you two alone. You and you and your phone are having a good time. <laughs> what was your response to all my factual statements? That was at one o'clock before USC even kicked off and before the Tennessee game even ended. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Tennessee played really well. Um, and I'm not even going to dispute that. Tennessee played really well. Um, LSU is boo boo caca. Um, Mississippi State did beat the crap out of a backup quarterback. This isn't about them. Hornsby. I'm hitting every single piece of your statement. Mississippi State didn't beat KJ Jefferson. They beat Malik Hornsby. Uh, But Mississippi State did play really well, and Will Rogers is a really good quarterback. And I'm glad that he is getting some of the recognition he deserves because he was not in the top three of the SEC media days, and I thought that was blasphemous because he had the best stats coming into the season. So I thought he should have at least easily been a top three SEC quarterback coming into the year. So, yes, I'm fine with that one. USC got some bullshit calls because they were down 14 to 13 in that game. And then all of a sudden, in, in order to let USC get back into the ball game and gain the momentum, they just kept calling pass interference after pass interference calls. And I turned the game off and because I, I went to get food. And I turned it back on and I see that, oh, USC's taking the lead. But I'm watching the thing and they got a third down. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's another penalty on the defense to keep the drive going. Oh, and USC scored a touchdown. So I turned the game off and started watching it because it was bull crap. It was bull crap. USC is not going to go undefeated. I will stand by that statement. And as soon as they lose, I'll be down your ass so fast. I can't wait. So fast. I can't wait. Because, look, I, I knew you were going to say everything because there's no disputing. Tennessee played absolutely fantastic and, and looks like they could possibly be in the SEC championship. I get that. Um, Mississippi State, you know, we both are kind of indifferent about that school. I went there, so I had to mention it, man. I was happy because Mississippi State and Tennessee really went on the same day. USC, I knew you were going to dispute me a little bit. I just have one question in response. Do you see um, that old school Lincoln Riley used to coach for Saturday afternoon? Do you see the difference between Lincoln being there and not being there, losing by 50 to their biggest rival, 49 to nothing? This The reason that. I talk about USC in the light, I have no – you know me. You've never heard USC out of my mouth as long as we've been friends. But this year is different because of Lincoln Riley, because of Caleb Williams. If they went to Utah, I'd feel the same way. Lincoln Riley has changed this program in his first year. As abs- USC had, would have two to three losses by now. They don't. They, and the, it, it, let's not act like they just snuck by Washington State. Yes, they may have some bullshit calls. But winning by more than two touchdowns, that, that, that is a win. And, and yeah. you and I talked about Washington State may be the one. They have Utah this week coming off a loss. It's going to be another tough, uh, tough, tough game. And, look, UCLA is still undefeated. So, I mean, they have games to win to put them in this playoff. This thing is it's real right now. No, no, Yeah, they're in real contention right now. They just have a lot. They just have – played their toughest test yet they have three tough tests left so i'll be interested to see if they come out of those three unscathed because i i don't think they will um it also helps that lincoln riley took every single good player off of oklahoma and went to usc so i think not my fault he recruits well three years who who got him at oklahoma 
That's fair. But three years ago, Lincoln Riley leaves and goes to USC. The transfer portal is not what it is now. He would not have this team where they are today. Okay, but he does. Yeah, he does. He, they're not going undefeated. I can yeah. see in what are they six? They're six and zero right now. Yeah, I can see six and six. My bad, my bad. I can't wait till they're 12. Seven and five. Bro, Tennessee, and I'm just going to touch on that front. We're going to absolutely, just like everyone else in the world, dive into this Tennessee-Alabama game, the biggest game of the entire college football year this Saturday. Um, but let me just say, if we get beat by 40, I'm happy. If it's a close game and we lose, I'm happy. And if we win by 70, I'm happy. There is absolutely no expectation from me. I'm just glad this is a top six matchup in Knoxville with college game day there for the second time in four weeks. I'm just happy about them. I'm glad you're happy. You want to speak? I, I mean, your you team, I, 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 I saw they were losing to Vanderbilt at halftime. I, and, you only yeah. saw that because I told you about it. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I couldn't find the Discovery Channel, bro. I, I, I couldn't find where they were. I think we played on SEC Network. <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm just messing with you. That's where Mississippi State played, too, to be fair. Yeah. Go no, ahead. I mean, continue. No, no, continue. Your team's as, seven, what, seven and oh now? Six and oh. Oh, six and oh, okay. Yeah, I got the team that Lane Kiffin still hasn't beat since he's been an Ole Miss Robo head coach in Auburn coming this week, but hopefully this is <laughs> Don't the hype up the I'm, Auburn I'm, game. I'm not going to wipe the, the floor just, with him. I, I know. I'm just saying I'm a tad scared because Lane Kiffin has failed to beat Auburn the past three years and we should have beat them every year i'm just i don't think we lose but i i will admit i am this is the one game that scares me a little bit because he still hasn't found a way to beat them I but wanna, i don't think i don't think they're good i just want to personally congratulate you on a nine win season I, I think it's another good year for Ole mess i'm serious i appreciate that i, I hope we get to nine wins no, thank you. um mingo broke elijah moore's record he had nine catches for 247 yards and two touchdowns He's a freak. Um, Vanderbilt took away our run in the first half. Um, in the second half, we torched them for like – I think we went on a 48-8 to eight run to end the game since we went down. So, light work. I mean, it is what it is. Lane Kiffin, score from afar is his motto. So, we scored from afar. Yeah. I'm happy for you, bro. I'm happy for you. Cause... Thank you. I'm happy for you. I, I'm glad to see you're actually in good spirits about Tennessee. I don't give a shit about USC. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the best spirits about Tennessee because I had never. I turned to Tom, uh, my stepfather at, at that LSU. We've never been like that content with the game. Usually, we're just bitching the entire time, and we there was no complaint because we just absolutely oh. walked there. And I don't know if y'all you saw the videos at the end of the game. It was all orange in the crowd. Like they yeah. absolutely took over the stadium. And we just mopped Brian Kelly and LSU. Welcome to him to the SEC, which is really good to see. Yeah, fact. Thank God. Yeah. I hate Brian Kelly. But, dude, literally me and my dad were sitting there watching the game. So, the dude fumbles the first Enough. kick of the game. And then, of course, uh, Tennessee scores on, like, the next five plays. I think it was probably less than that. But, literally, after the first touchdown, you just hear start hearing Rocky Top. And we're like, dang, Tennessee traveled well. Yeah. And then it just kept getting louder and louder exactly. and louder. And you're like, good Lord. They traveled really well to Death Valley at 11 a.m. 
And honestly, as a Tennessee fan, if you would have told us, I get Pitt lost to Georgia Tech, but Pitt was – they're still in contention to possibly win the ACC, like I, as bad as a loss that is. But if you would have told us we would have went up to Pittsburgh and won and then went to Death Valley and won and then also beat a team that we hit, beat one time in the last 17 years, I just did not see all three of those things happening. And now it sets up the matchup of the decade and possibly – the matchup of the last 20 years in program history, number six versus number three, Alabama come to Knoxville. I just can't be more excited about it. No, nah, you should be. It's going to be a good game. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I won't spoil my prediction until Friday. No, and I won't either. Can't wait. And that'll be on the day of the game, so you'll better tune in for sure. Anyways, you got anything else, my brother? I do not. I do not. Same here, bro. Oh, I hope you feel better, man. I will. Uh, I appreciate it. You you down to do Grizz Talk tomorrow around this time, like five? Heck yeah. I wouldn't miss a Grizz Talk for the world. Oh, you know I know that. you would. We got some shit to talk about. But, Coop, I'm glad you're feeling better. Hope you continue to feel better. And uh, hope you have a great, great night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too.